That's that's my opinion, and I think, my, I think it's 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 not a wrong direction to bring parkour to the Olympics. Plus, I also believe that it f f doesn't really matter if it happens by an organized, uh, well-organized federation like the FIG, which is not to underestimate what they have done for many years to bring this sport to the Olympics with us. Hi, Luis here. Today on Swapping Shoes, I had a chance to catch up and talk with one of my oldest parkour friends in the parkour community, Chris Harmont. He's one of the founders of the Road Parkour family, co-owner of the massive Overground Gym, Ninja Warrior Hungary champion and a very prominent athlete in the parkour scene. The Swiss legend agreed to talk to me about his parkour till here and we ventured ourselves in FIG debate. Once Chris is one of the parkour gymnasts who participated most frequently on their events. So brace yourselves, if necessary, grab your anti-stress balls, hit some punch bags or jump some walls because this one might hurt your ears and your brain and your soul. <laughs> this is Swapping Shoes with Christian Harmon. Um, uh, after talking about your very beautiful um, background, which is the sickest I've ever seen in Swapping Shoes, I would like to say Hi, Christian Harmut. Welcome to Swapping Shoes. Hello, Louis Alkmin. Welcome to Overground. <laughs> nice. What a place, huh? Fucking hell, this gym is next level. Uh, thank you. Um, definitely a surreal place I'm sitting in right now. Big dream, which came true. Nice. And is it like you, you, your first team that I remember is a road parkour family? Maybe it's what the, the longest of your legacy was um, recorded in the parkour uh, history. Is it managed by road parkour family, the overground? I mean, I'm still part of the world's parkour family of the club. And uh, it's not that we are still coaching and teaching, but the overground which belongs to the ninja concept club is built by five of us which only morris ndotoni is a part of the world's parkour family and three of the people are new like fabian yannick and dominic are like people which came from outside fabian came from kickboxing Dominic came as a carpenter and very sportive guy, very good ninja. And Yannick came from his world trip uh, back after many years to Switzerland and just joined the team also like building this dream. Nice. And it's how, how old is it now? Like two years maybe? Overground? No, we just celebrated on the 19th of November, uh, one year. One year only. Nice. And is it going well? You have a lot of... Uh students customers it's it's going uh, better and better I would say it's like a slow curve upwards and uh, it mainly consists out of courses and I think open gym is the the thing which we need to push hard and adults to get like more adults into movement but definitely it's on a good way okay that's cool so talking a little bit about who, about you, Chris, um, you are very old school in the community in a way, right? When did you start training parkour? I started training 2007, February. Nice. That generation is like our generation, the generation that is now reaching the 30s. And you, you've been very present in the community for a very long time. You had... Uh, bunch of amazing amazing uh, projects like advanced motion and world parkour family camp uh, how 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 was this career for you this path that you're taking uh, things are happening spontaneously or you've been hustling hard how how, how do you see yourself um, as a protagonist or just observer of uh, your path in the parkour i mean you mentioned for example advanced motion 
which is a project I would definitely want to revive at some point. Now Overground overtook my past two years at least, if not more. Um, the construction time when we built this, everything on our own, um, took a lot of my time. So I could not invest into my own training as much as I wanted to. And, and a Ninja Warrior came like six years ago as well into my life, which also split myself up a bit to where I didn't know, okay, what I'm gonna train next. Because in Ninja Warrior you have this, if you win, you can win up to 300K. And uh, so, so there's also a certain financial goal in, in this training. A part of the, the big satisfaction when you start a new sport and the dopamine level in the beginning is a lot higher. Similar to what I recently started uh, half a year ago, paddle tennis. Uh, I never thought that <laughs> I never... Are you into paddle? <laughs> yeah. You're very much into your 30s too, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that uh, if, my, if my future selves right now would come to me six months ago and tell me that you're going to own three paddle records and you're going to be so hard into it that you're going to play tournaments, I would have never believed <laughs> my future self. <laughs> but um, yeah, things have changed. I'm still really motivated to, to do competitions. I, I'm still the third type of person who, who gets like, yeah, kind of pushed. And yeah, it's not just the challenges which bring me forward. It's, it's also like competing against myself and knowing there is a better version of myself and the best way I can find this out is through competing and measure myself with others. Um, and now with Overground, I came to the point where we have 24 people working in, in the gym. Wow. And, and I slowly can focus on different things. Right now we are building trampolines downstairs and upstairs we we rented another 400 square meters to do like uh, yoga, kickboxing, capoeira, um, pole dance, and these kind of things, which I'm just building upstairs. Uh, I'm making the flooring again with Adam. Um, so as soon as this is done, I will definitely try to get out my focus and plan an advanced motion again and um, focus on my own brand Harmut Sports and Entertainment is out there now. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, definitely. It became a thing since the beginning of this year. I have a, I found a manager or he found me and he is an amazing guy, um, Oli from Finland and helped me tons with like promoting myself and establishing my own brand and getting way more money than I would try to even get from clients which ask you for a random Instagram reel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's very interesting. And it's funny because since I, I remember you, since I met you, because I met you first maybe in 2009 or 10 or something like this. 10, 10, 10. I think, no, I think we first met in Belgium, in that big speeders event in Brussels. Ah, was that the first time we see, saw each other? And right after we did the circus festival? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, that, that came after. Uh, it was parkouring. Ah, yeah, parkouring, uh, where I had to, where I was fighting for the world championship title. But wait, the parkouring was 2011. No, 10, no? No, 2009 I won, and then 2011 was again, there was a European championships. Uh-huh. And then Pedro won. Um, yeah, I was there on this one. Also, uh, I got injured before the final because somebody was using mats for his run. And uh, yeah, we did. We did. Mm -hmm. I was just following through my run and didn't know that there's going to be mats. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, I was there on this one. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, for as long as I can remember, you've always been doing parkour for a living, right? You worked in so many different ways uh, from... Uh, creating concepts for videos and getting sponsorship to making circus festival shows and uh, teaching and your own company and WPF camp. So 
is it is is it easy? Is it hard? How do you get the motivation? Because a lot of people they try to make parkour for a living and they struggle so much and they give up or they choose wrong paths or questionable paths. I would say I I, I stopped my apprenticeship, which was an as an electrician after three years. So there was like one year I have, should have been doing to finish it, but I didn't. Uh, I was 17 when I got this world championship title uh, at parkouring and my ex's parents were like, now you got to do a business out of this and you got to like, <laughs> you got to do your own thing. And uh, um, yeah, I knew I'm not going to end up as an electrician one day. So from there on, the struggle actually started. Even though I had like really early, they helped me to find like um, Alexander Pach from Cologne. So I was in my first agency, which had parkour jobs. I was in Barcelona. Yeah, and then, then I thought, okay, now crazy, this is gonna go like this. But, but as you might know, it's taking, it's taking a big, path to establish yourself and in the, in the beginning was every third month you have a job if it's good if you are lucky and then uh, mm -hmm. living living yeah. on the edge uh, was exactly my thing as well uh, I had to couch surf if I'm going to parkour trips and <laughs> there was never this oh I can comfortably lay lay back and just like chill for a moment no there was always um, this thing in my mind that, okay, I slowly got to get another job, otherwise it's going to get critical. And yeah. I also had to do many, many like side jobs for like unpacking trucks mm -hmm. and uh, helping at the train station that the girls which are like giving out those free samples, <laughs> giving, <laughs> refilling their, whatever they were uh, sharing. So, no, I would never say this was an easy path. And I reached this year the first time, the moment where I can say, wow, I, with Overground plus the side jobs I do with Instagram Reels, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, this was my first year. I can actually say I'm living out of it and I can, yeah, put something to the side and save some money. Yes, that's good. That's very good, yeah about time too i understand that too but it, it's it's hard um for a lot of people coming in the the sport right now and becoming professionals and have going to competitions and and uh, being very talented having a lot of internet attention it's very hard for them to understand the the, the struggles that the generation just before like maybe it's even the same generation in a way but just before like ours that we had to be working on other stuff to be able to sponsor ourselves our own parkour right Right, it's um, it it's not just like oh, we're gonna a professional athlete and that's gonna work. They had to work very hard. Like uh, Callum Powell was working at Tesco before he <laughs> he was working in a Hollywood movie directed by Michael Bay. You know, so uh, I feel like now nowadays uh, um, it it's it's easier to become a professional parkour athlete than it was before. Would you say that like a like a good, very followed, uh, big following of athletes? They they have different paths, but more paths than we um, had before. It's difficult to say for me. I have, my surrounding is not really full right now with people which like make it into the film industry quickly. And I also think this foundation is still necessary to have those five or ten years of experience with whatever being in front of the camera holding a camera in your hand or and yeah like juggling with all these things are a big advantage i see like still people asking me how do you get it or can you help me to get a manager and i'm just telling them yo i waited 15 years to find a manager if you find one immediately this sounds like a life hack to me which cannot work just that easy or even like stepping in after two years of parkour into such a thing I cannot I'm, I'm not sure if that works so well maybe there, there for sure there is the exceptions but I think the, the people should uh, definitely appreciate uh, that it takes those years but it will it will definitely pay off the waiting time and like 
yeah, the struggle you go through because you you get yeah so much more experience and you will as soon you get there you will not be like oh what should I do now no you're gonna be there and you will be oh, okay I can help you with uh, you tell the cameraman sometimes no the angle you should definitely take this angle it's gonna look better and da 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 so yeah I'm not sure if I can just say, yeah, it's easy. it became easier now. Because also the amount of people trying got a lot bigger. So, and for a company choosing an athlete, it's, it's often then, uh, who do we choose? The, the young guy who looks good and maybe yeah. does a double flip? Or do they pick someone who has already... That's uh, won titles, has been behind movies, or has been in commercials beforehand. Yeah, so yes, that's that's definitely a point. It's a good point. Uh, sometimes the 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 level is not as important as the experience or the the being used to the professional um, setting, right? It's better yeah. to have someone that is going to be reliable on a set or in a job or organizing an event or being a coach than having someone that is very uh, focused on their own performance. That's, that's very true. Yeah. So what would you say for... By the sorry, go on. I was just going to say that uh, for everybody who is just listening to this podcast and hears sometimes people shouting in the background, this is uh, Yannick trying to slackline, uh, swing on a rodeo line, jumping on a trampoline and landing back on the line. And uh, that's why sometimes he's shouting off i'm not sure yeah i can, can hear, hear it. it i hope that in the the next <laughs> minutes we're gonna listen to a big celebratory scream that would be good it would be epic and uh, yeah i'll tell him to show the footage yeah <laughs> and then link it uh, we're gonna link it uh, on uh, the description cool. um <clears throat> anyway you also competed in some like art of motion and uh, parkouring how is your like a uh, competition uh, histo history um, my competition history started with the parkouring World Championships 2009, which, uh, yeah, by for some reason, by two and a half years of parkour experience, I managed to win the speed part of it. And from then on, uh, I got invited to Art of Motion. Uh, that was also the same year in Vienna, a little later. And from then on, I competed in like five or six uh, Art of Motions, which I never ended up like being a big style athlete. So I never had the chance to get close to a podium, but it was always fun since Red Bull Art of Motions were so well organized for that times. Um, yeah, having those paid flights to a place like Santorini or Kuwait or yeah, these were incredible moments, and which I will never forget. From then on, um, I switched to Ninja Warrior competitions, which were mainly happening in Germany. Then Switzerland followed, and Hungary as well. And then you won Hungary. And then I won last year Hungary, yeah. Also around nice. this time, one year ago. That's crazy, man. Not a lot of people win. Do, 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 I never see so much of like a Ninja Warrior winners. No, like I mean, Tim Champion is one of them, which uh, <laughs> which is kind of yeah hard to judge since he was a tester for many years already. <laughs> yeah. And normally in other countries, a tester is not allowed to compete for about two years after testing. Um, he was definitely an exception. But and he's also a, a, a machine. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But I think Ninja is one of the reasons why he got such a machine. His whole upper body strength comes definitely from this direction and then lead it into also doing this gym workout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know his path very much. I mean, I talked to him before in the swapping shoes, but I don't know his path very, very well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... Uh, is your knee still popping out of the place and coming back? Because <laughs> 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 it is something I remember. <laughs> um, it it's a long longer time ago it happened, but I think the last time it happened is like a year ago, uh, while climbing rope climbing outdoors, and like at three quarters of the route. Uh, luckily, it was a at a location where I could like 
sit out on like some ledge on the on in the wall, <laughs> ha hanging down my legs, and I was trying to pop it back in in the wall, and it didn't <laughs> work. And then somehow I find a new position to put my leg also onto a wall in this ledge, and then I managed to put it back in. But um, no, it, it became a lot better within the years and strengthening um, my legs. And it's mainly happening happening in winter times. This is also mm -hmm. something I realized. It's something, it's something which is influenced by cold, by ligaments being cold. Yeah, yeah. But I see. Yeah. Luckily, this is not a big struggle anymore. Mm. Yes, yeah, so good. Thanks, thanks God. Man. That was really scary. Every time that I was with you and this happened, I was uh, my stomach was turning a little bit. I felt a knot. <laughs> oh, please let this be fine. Um, anyway, so now jumping into the future, that is the present. Um, you recently joined, um, and you are uh, active athlete in the f uh, FIG competitions. What led you to it? Mm -hmm. What What was the reason behind? Because like when I saw that you were there, I was really surprised. So I was wondering why. Well, wait, when Chris? Chris was always. You were surprised. I, I was surprised. No. Way. I was. No. There was a little bit of me that understood why Chris would go, because the logic would also lead to it. But the emotional, the passionate Chris that I met would kind of be the always the militant against um, things like this, or, or always more on the side of the parkour community. But what led you to say uh, yes and recurringly uh, join the FIG competitions? Okay, um, I can explain this very easily. I mean, I saw my friends Camille, Polo, Pedro, I think. Um, not sure who else was there in the first FIG competition in China, but I just saw the Instagram clips of them hanging out in China on the rooftops. And, and you know, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Camille, <laughs> texting him, what's happening there? Like, I want to go there too. <laughs> and just short, maybe a few months before that, or, or was it after that? I don't remember the order, but I guess it must have been before that. Uh, this, this big rage uh, about fuckfig started, and uh, I was one of them just reposting uh, the fuckfig pictures on my Facebook wall too even though I'm not using Facebook anymore, or nearly not, but <laughs> I thought like, yeah, this is a movement that uh, sounds incredibly important. I have to join that without <laughs> like informing me at all. And uh, then I found myself uh, a few months later texting Camille and, hey, can you somehow make something happening that uh, I could be part of the next thing if this is happening again? I would really like to know how this is and definitely would like to find my way back into parkour competitions because there was nothing in reach for me any close close by and uh, i just came out of a big struggling time of uh, finding myself and uh, being in psychiatry for psychosis and uh, yeah i somehow felt like i gotta get my team as well back into these old vibes and getting back into everybody should go back training again because a lot of people around me in my generation stopped training and I felt responsible for that. And one of the things was, yeah, I missed competitions. So, yeah, Camille, I think it was Camille who helped, uh, who was able to help me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Camille yeah. was on the lead of the athlete managing then. And then, and then he, he jumped out of it because he saw that the hole was darker than it seemed um, but how about you are you convinced that their their work is uh, anyhow good like after so long no one from fig is gonna listen to this so you don't have to be afraid so, but are you convinced that uh, fig can be any good to the parkour community in any way i think first of all my biggest problem is that it's, it's not the parkour community which is against the FIG. It's, it's my biggest problem is that there is a parkour community which some of them I know now really good from the place with, from the FIG competitions and I've spoken to most of them. 
That um, was a close one, a really close one. Yeah, I didn't see it, I but it I, I, really, can, I, I know this yeah, time. Yeah, that was a really close <laughs> one. He's not, yeah. he's, he's not satisfied. Um, and the other half is like totally uh, crazy about, oh, we have to get rid of it. And I understand your point that in Lisbon you already need a certain certification to practice and to teach. That's why I also talked with Nicola and asked him if he can talk to somebody from the Por Portuguese uh, Federation, um, which told me some new informations, which are also good to know um, about, like if you just teach parkour outside or whatever, then nobody is gonna do anything. <laughs> well, um, that's 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 so ridiculous. <laughs> just just to start right there, just that I have to be afraid. <laughs> of teaching parkour in a parkour gym or in a parkour school that I have in Portugal. I have, no, you I have, won't. But I have you to won't. be scared because maybe... No, you don't have in to Portugal be can be like this already at this moment. At this point it is a little bit like oh, this. Oh, you cannot be scared. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> no, but, I don't believe you that. But, but this side of the, the, the parkour community that you met in FIG, uh, what, what is their difference to the majority that is against it? Like, wh why do you think that they feel like they are entitled to sell out a sport uh, that is not owned by one or not by millions, actually by anyone, but it's uh, there's a little bit of a responsibility in, in, in putting uh, someone's culture, life, work, decades of work of so many parkour gyms and associations and people that have been trying to create their sport, their discipline, their career, their associations, their coaching certificates, don't these people in the field competitions, don't they feel like they are, they are being uh, selfish and they are deciding for a whole out of just egotistical uh, needs? It is definitely partly uh, an egoistic decision. But if we go back to the very root of where this all started, and if if we say this sport belongs to anyone, because I don't believe it does. It doesn't, it doesn't. If, if it was, if it was, in my opinion, it would be then David. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> but if it would be, if it would be then, nah. or his father's, whatever. But no. if a fucking David decides that hmm, I'm taking this now and I'm selling this now and I think everything goes like ev everything goes with a certain flow, and you and we are all just able to direct a flow as much as we are capable of. Like similar with a lot of politic things which happen out here, which you would somebody would love to get rid of Donald Trump, somebody would love to get rid of the climate change, and we can do certain things, use less electricity, blah 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 to lead certain things, um, but I think we are not in a position or to, to say FIG or the FIG, hey, you should do completely different or change your name to Parkour Federation or, or Parkour Earth, make things better so we can go to Olympics 2028. That's, that's my opinion and I think, my, I think it's, it's it's not a wrong direction to bring parkour to the Olympics. Plus, I also believe that it f doesn't really matter if it happens by an organized, uh, well-organized federation like the FIG, which is not to underestimate what they have done for many years, to bring this sport to the Olympics with us. Bec that's that's what, I, what I see it like. And Definitely, if there's a way that, uh, as Callum said in his podcast, that Parkour Earth with Sports League fusion and something might happen, but then there, like, I don't even know Parkour Earth well. And then there is still those second federation, World Federation, which also wants to claim that they are the World Federation. So there's already this basic conflict that we are not sure who should be the biggest Parkour Federation. And then yeah, I think this is, this is not in my or our hands. And then that's the reason why I'm still doing it. That's one of the reasons, a part of 
seeing a career of mine that I can push with maybe getting another title either even if it's, it became really, really hard since Bogdan is there. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so it's an ugly title, my friend. You are the road parkour champion in the gymnastics competition. What the? Eh? Eh? Huh? What? <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> so I'm going to go back here. This is something I'm ignoring every time. You, like, you can't. This is not. This the, the, yes, of course I can. But this, man, this, this is the, 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 the whole core problem. This is the exact problem. <laughs> <laughs> the, the main problem about this whole story is uh, that uh, uh, some random, like a sport that has some similarities in, with parkour and that parkour people go to their gyms for years because we want uh -huh. to learn flips and stuff. Um, they, they just decided parkour is theirs and they just pick it. And then they, yeah, they, they have haven't just decided. They have discussed to David Bell. Yeah, but da David Bell doesn't know. David Bell is he's as oblivious <laughs> as a potato in the parkour community. I call him community. now. Yeah. I call him now. <laughs> hey, potato. <laughs> he's as present in the parkour community as uh, Jackie Chan is in this moment. It's <laughs> the similar type of presence. Um, but anyways, and but then they just pick a guy who's always being contradictory to the whole flow of the parkour family and community that that is Charles Perrier and I'm not afraid of saying his name here but he is the the main uh, antagonist to the parkour community at this point and it's it's an easy point it's, it's like the weakest link on the chain is getting a guy who has always been um, un, un, contradictory to the wave of the Yamakaze and then of the new generation of parkour. This guy was just out there doing his thing, being very selfish. Uh, they, I, I interviewed one of the Yamakaze guys here and I said the name Charles Perrier and the Yamakaze guy said, don't even tell me his name. I don't even want to. to <laughs> okay. If I see this guy on the street, I don't even want, I don't even look at his okay. face. It happened. Interesting. <laughs> so, Who was that, Laurent? <laughs> so, no. I'm not going to say the guy. You can just scroll down, scroll down the page of this podcast and find out by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's not so hard. That's mm -hmm. not Lohan. Um, would it matter if it would be another person? You know, you, you talk about antagonist, but then you still have, you still have a growing amount of people which say, hey, we are getting to the point that this discussion ends up on, we are not accepting that they are calling us gymnasts, which I don't think... It's something like it's it's re really reminds me, even though if you might laugh about it now, but it really reminds me on this big topic that are we free runners or parkourists or are we doing a parkour or is it flips or and for me, it's a competition by a different brand. Uh, yes, their background is gymnastics, but it's not a brand, bro. That's the problem. It's not a brand. Mm. They Technically, are a they sports are. federation. Technically, they are. No, no, it's not a brand. No, it's not a brand because uh, it's the oldest sports federation in the world. It's older than the Olympic Committee. Did you That's know that? That's crazy. FIG. Yes, it they makes are. them even more experienced. So it makes them even more dangerous. And they, are, they, they see their decadency because gymnastics is dying. And. And they use the argument of, uh, oh, we're going to put parkour in the Olympics and put this uh, cookie on front of the, all the parkour guys that need attention. Uh, and then they all go like, I want to go to the Olympics. And then they take advantage of this to try to um, monetize again in their gyms and their clubs because their sport is mm -hmm. dying. Boys don't want to wear lycra and anymore in competitions. They want to do backflips outside, you know? It's like, but <laughs> this, is, this is something that is happening you, right now. Have you ever put yourself uh, into the position uh, of asking yourself, if you would be FIG head whatever, and you, had, you face all these problems, I'm honest to you, if I would be in this position and I have to save my federation or the way our our look is to the outside, um, I would probably have done exactly the same. I would look for a sport which has similarities, works with our works with whatever we are doing, is fresh, new, and we gotta go with this to the Olympics. Yes, fuck, dude, it's smart. It's smart. It's easy. 
it's stealing. Mm, I wouldn't say it's easy. <laughs> it is. Not at all. No, for a big for a big uh, federation like the gymnastics federation, it's fairly easy to take over a territory that is still unclaimed. They that's all they did. They just put a flag on tribes uh, around the globe, and they said it's the global flag. And they had the money to put them all together and to uh, make them feel like they have the the possibilities to make their careers mm -hmm. better and that they can go traveling and go to competitions and meet their friends and go to the Olympics when it's happening already in the parkour and we definitely don't need the effort so for this to happen but so then tell me what's uh, the they, they, they had the resources for, My for optimal you, solution what is your is utopian thought about it right uh -huh. now I, not, I have not, not going to the past from where blah 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 really from from now on like people have to save electricity question, for bro. climate change uh, we are we yeah. should save <laughs> the wood blah 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 right that's a good question but it's, it's this I, I want you to answer to this question after because it's a good question but I'm gonna answer it look my 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 ideal road inside of the for, for the parkour to reach the next level and go to the Olympics the competitions go bigger athletes have more chances to make a living out of parkour would definitely uh, be the sport keep like finding the the, the best formats which is uh, happening right now the, there's most uh, foundations on what the good competitions are and then you have more of the official local competitions and they are renowned all over the world and you have specific gyms good coaches upcoming athletes uh, sponsorship to athletes which is also already happening and then you would have uh, a road federation that is um, coordinating itself to to the competition not 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 the rest of the parkour things like helping to build parkour parks or helping to get coaching courses or having a legal uh, assistance this is also happening it's called parkour and the competition part is also happening it's called sports parkour league and sports parkour league is very there in the the north american side of the thing but they are going to spread i'm sure very soon uh, i feel like they they lack uh, resources because it takes a lot of time and money and fig has happening uh, has that 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 those resources and those ways to create it and then in around five years from now i think is realistic i think it's really good timing already we would have very good strong re renowned serious good looking parkour competitions created by the parkour people who experienced the sport that created the sport created the gyms the coaching the, and then this would become like the proper road parkour competition and then maybe in four years or five years after that we would have recognition of the Olympic committee and you know what all of this that I'm saying is already happening bro <laughs> this is the most beautiful thing because it is happening and it's happening uh, uh, without the FIG that's a good thing about FIG is that it's rushing us so we have to be more organized and that's a very good thing but it's happening now already, and I think it's brilliant. It's good. Um, don't, so this is this is my utopia. It's and it's already happening. All we need is just patience. That's pretty much all we need, and it's gonna it's gonna go get better and bigger. And soon we're gonna be in the Olympics with sports parkour league and parkour together. <laughs> Uh, so what is your ideal road for uh, the future of parkour and stuff and competitions? And so this is your question. Um, my ideal world, after speaking to Jose Fernandez, which was one of, I think, three guys, which had the same struggle, he was in, in the snowboarding um, federation. And uh, he said they were fighting for three years um, against the ski federation or to not be under the ski federation after, yeah, similarities happened. 
and after he was there when they had to give the snowboard um, sport on a silver tablet to the ski federation and uh, yeah I had a, a few talks to him because he worked at the flip lab trampoline gym where I was also working for two years or one and a half and he and I asked him what he would recommend me and if he would do the same again say if he would be back on zero he said he would not put that much effort into whatever they tried to do because it was not worth it not a cent of his time which he kind of lost while this this many years and uh, I definitely took this to my heart because he grew also to one of my friends not a close friend as you are but yeah I connected with him and now what my view on things is I would see this financial source with FIG brings in our sport as as a positive opportunity and use it for our benefits to let our sport grow in like in a way that there is more than one sort of competition and taking this advantage and taking all their money we can in our sport to make sponsors realize oh this sport is actually growing and because like out of all competitions even if we would do monthly competitions at overground with swiss people maybe some europeans come there is no way from like yeah asking this small sponsor and this small sponsor to to really attract people from outside to look at it this is how i see it with this budget without like live streaming to the whole world or blah 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 to use it and see how in the future we can convert this where all the sponsors come from to to make them realize oh there's way cooler organized competitions because now the budget's flowing into other competitions because they realize oh they know way better how how to make this look cool and show them this way then that it's better to sponsor uh sports league or an overground competition or whatever competition and for me it's always going to be the same that i want to support non-competitive athletes as i support competitive athletes with the world's parker family we have probably 95 percent of people as well which are non-competitive and uh, i really love this lifestyle the same way i was for a very long time also just competing against myself, just getting better. And um, yeah, I think this is just type-based. So I, I want to keep this you. parallels always open, so I don't want to force anyone to join competitions. But in the same way, I don't want to, yeah, put too much time and effort into fight a federation which is like a which is it's, like it's a flood uh, flood or like a tsunami where is the question are we going to build strong houses to survive the tsunami or are we going to try to learn surfing on it this is somehow how i see it because the tsunami it's not something you're just building a huge wall of china in front of it and but it's, it's sad that you have to use an analogy of a catastrophe <laughs> for feet. No. <laughs> That's really, no, really this fucked is, up. This, this is only because, <laughs> but okay, so of, we, because, it, because a people <laughs> like this you analogy are analogy is, like is really <laughs> sad. I think that people would be really sad In if a tsunami hit. Uh, if Lisbon gets hit by a tsunami right now, everyone would be like, oh, fuck, Louis should have learned how to surf. <laughs> no, no one would say this. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> no, but the, the reason but, why I use this analogy okay. is because a lot of people, I think including you, are seeing FIG as a big threat. And, and, and no, wanna, I don't want to go no, too deep in it. And... <laughs> and uh, and know, and it's know, always know, it, it's it, it always like we are when we are at the FIG events and talking about um, about 
haters. We are always like, how how is it possible to see this such as such a monster? And yeah, it's 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 very it's 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 funny. And and because, I, I really man, feel like watching I'm a tsunami. <laughs> it's when you watch a tsunami in a ship that is pushing the water into the city. 200 meters away from the, the shore, it's it's not a big deal, you know what I'm saying? This is a little bit of what you're all there, like from you know, fancy boats that is pushing the water into the city. You're all back there, like, ah, oh, it's not that bad. Look at me, I'm sitting here, feeling the boats go like nice and wavy, uh, getting some money, but it's actually a massive uh, enemy alien. Uh, ship that is pushing water to destroy the human. Yeah, cat. but in the same time, like, a tsunami this, this, this is also very, a very nature, <laughs> it's also a natural catastrophe. And we yeah, all know no, this that analogy doesn't work a catastrophe well, is also <laughs> a start of a new beginning. And also, yeah. um, I'm the kind of person who, yeah, no. who I hate war, I hate like fighting. Um, I try to always go the way with the least friction. You only friction. learn things with friction, with conflict. That includes conflict with yourself it, it it yeah i'm not on the side of oh i'm gonna fight for yeah yeah but okay so but just to start things off to start things off um i'm gonna try to go from the er, this earlier uh, later um arguments and then i go back but to start things off um i feel like you are very much in the eye of the storm right now of the of the of the friction you know because it seems nice and calm when you're inside, but everything around is falling apart <laughs> a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it is, I think it's bigger than we think. And I think it's very easy also to be oblivious to it and say, oh, no, nothing is happening. And then kind of join what Fig is doing and say, no, it can be good, it can be good. But you're not actually looking at the other side. And then you go back to it and you're like, oh, uh, we can ha have this federation putting in money, putting in money. We got to a point right now that we are giving capital to to FIG. Right now, what we are doing, I mean, from the beginning, they put a tiny small amount of money compared to the amount of money that they can put inside of the events that they created. But right now, we are giving all the capital because a part of athletes flying, paying their own costs to go to their competitions and paying their own hotels and their own time and their own effort and bodies to go there and do it, uh, we are giving away 30 years of development of sports. And everyone that is going there, and including Ni you, or Nicolas, or even uh, Charles uh, Perrier, everyone, Perrier is the name of a bottle of water, right? The water, yeah, anyways. Um, but, <laughs> sorry, I, I just remember now. Uh, but all, all these people, we've been for 30 years creating something, and then these big guys, they just comment like it's ours. And the sponsors are also going thirsty for this because I see the sponsors that FIG competitions have and they're not going because it's uh, a gymnastics event. They're going because it's parkour. Correct. And you have, yes, and then you say that it's because of FIG. And it's not true because look at what, how many people, how, how many sponsors, parkour, competition, parkour events, people, competitions have had in the last like 15 years mostly. We have Red Bull organizing annual events for 15, 16 years almost. It started in 2006. Now, right? No, yeah. Red Bull was 2008, the first one. No, I think 2007, Ryan Doyle won and broke his leg even. I remember my was it? So at least 15 years. Okay. I'm not sure if it was seven yeah. or eight. Yeah. Yeah, so Ryan Doyle did that first one that he with the matches in the very ugly competition. But Red Bull, for example, uh, look at the amount of jobs you've done in your life, the amount of sponsorships you had. Um, I can say the ones I had too. I had incredible opportunities. Uh, look at the amount of amazing parkour people inside of the biggest cinema industry in Hollywood, Bollywood, all over the world. Look at the gyms. Look at the gym you have behind yourself, my friend. And this is all built from our hands and then this gener this federation from other sports they're just taking advantage of it by like building a stage and 
putting uh, papers behind it, you know, because they have the power to call themselves sport, so they can call parkour sport too. When we've been calling parkour sport for 30 years, and they're just like, ah, it's ours, you know? So that's why I think it's, it, it is a little bit of a catastrophe, but it's not natural. It's, it's just a bunch, uh, like a few people who are very powerful, who, who see that they are losing and that want to start winning, and they see, uh, it's like, it's a colonialism. <laughs> it's, it's sports colonialism, what is happening right now. Okay, I'm... Um, I would just add to this something and then I would ask you the question I asked you before again. Um, I, yes, maybe not, it's maybe not a natural catastrophe, but in the same time, nature and everything on the world is dominated by the stronger. Ooh. Come on. Always. No, it is. No, 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 it's true, it's true, it's true. So it's we, we go yeah. with the, from starting <coughs> from the animal, starting from the animals, it's always like the stronger yeah. is dominating. And yes, small, uh, a lot of, <coughs> a big amount of people can, can move a mountain, totally agree. But then, yeah, it's a question how much people are up for like a war against themselves because it is at the moment it is a war which I don't like to call it a war but you know what I mean between a bunch of parkour guys going to a competition which they they don't love the fact how it's set up yet but they all believe that it's it can be changed to a good and to another bunch of people which are really into oh we got to change this and now I want to ask you your utopian version of how fuse now would start to change things as an operator because you would be above everything you could play God for a minute how would in you what, in the whole road or just in FIG? I would just leave it within the parkour uh, area of things. If if I could choose, yeah, you are you have the controller and the buttons, so just parkour people stopping going to FIG events. That's all. It's that's this simple. It, it I, it's this simple, my friends. It's this simple because but, but wait, we that's already not wait, 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 just a second, just a second, just a second. We already weakened the the gymnastics federation. What we have going out to the gymnastics competitions, the people, the park, the the people who are governing in the parkour committee, they are already almost as, as weak as possible. And I'm sorry to say this, but it is. It is it's really weak. Like, DK won the last competition, and DK is sick, but his, his run was not a winning <laughs> run, you know? And, and th it was a joke inside of the parkour community, uh, compilations of, you know? So it's already really, really weak. It can be even weaker. It's just people stop stopping going. And then it's just going to become a mimic, a parallel universe that is just ridiculous. And Charles Perrier is looking like a stupid clown there trying to organize. But it's so possible. It's just parkour people opening their eyes and saying, like, okay, I just got to be patient a little bit right now, not joining this competition, training, working, creating, being inside of the parkour community, going to the gyms, coaching, getting a side hustle to pay their shoes for a couple of months. When they be, when they go get to thirty, they're gonna have a lot of jobs if they stay strong, you know. You know, like you really go far from from wherever my question came from. I really would like just to know what your your things would be, which would change, and with saying that okay, parkour people just you would stop them to go there. Uh, that's a thing, but yeah. but maybe you have to go there a little bit into details how you would reach. People from ah, okay. China. The method. Yeah, the method. Methods you would go through, in short, step by step. Uh, and I think it's not just FIG, to uh, to wherever your utopian version looks like. No, no, it's just like. we, we, parkour people are doing just fine, man. Parkour community is beautiful, brilliant. The way it mm -hmm. is, the competitions that have this year, man, this summer was crazy. I unfortunately I was working a lot, so I could not go to mm -hmm. any event. But everything that happened this year, on the spot, uh, seek and destroy, uh, the story competition, 
uh, NAPC, Art of Motion, all this thing is already happening. You know, we, we, mm -hmm. we are reaching, we are there. Like parkour, mm -hmm. the parkour community only has to stop, reflect and look at themselves and compare to what parkour was 10 years ago and say, wow, we accomplished a lot, you know, because it is there. But how, uh, do, you reach, how do you reach the Chinese guy who got second? How do you reach the guy from Rwanda? How Man, do you this is the most easiest of every, every like uh, salesman uh, association to use the charity. Uh, we're doing good for the road. Man, the Chinese guy was training China for a long time. I have no idea how the parkour community is in China, but I'm quite sure that they have the resources. Chinese government is good for sports. I'm quite sure that they will have beautiful gyms and everything else soon. For sure, 100% sure. Uh, they don't need the FIG. No, and no, also uh, a guy, that's not and, what and, I'm and, saying. And just, a second, just a second time, just a other thing, very important. You go now on the Olympics and all the gymnastics competitions and see how many Rwandan are there, how many poor people are winning, you know? Yeah, but that's, that's very exactly, but that's exactly my point. I, right now, the contact to China is like literally like you cannot communicate with this guy he doesn't talk english yeah so what <laughs> no but but by, you, by you saying stopping everyone going to this competition you also then they make a chinese competition man they make parkour gymnastics no, no. only a chinese thing <laughs> so what no they and like I'm this is uh, but uh, this is not just with china the fact like you would you would what do you think if all the people which were which you could reach now by message, which you have all the phone number or the Instagram contact from, and you would actually make them all stop, you would still PM. not reach. You would still not reach, uh, let's say, twenty-five others because you cannot. Um, the, no, the, know, the, the, the the competition sure. would still take place, right? We you sure, agree? We have role models. We have a lot of role models, you know, and you're one of them. You as one of the oldest uh, cats uh, active in the community are one of them. And this is uh, why it's like it's, it's good and, and, and strong that the parkour community has been doing for five years since FIG said that uh, uh, I leak its mind. Mm -hmm. Is um, a lot of parkour people, the role models, they are say, or not role models, I don't want to say this, but like the the active core community members, they say, I'm not going. So you have a lot of kids that are saying, I'm not going. And, and for example, in Brazil, there is a, there is a threat of, because the, the community there is not really so well structured, structured and they are very isolated to the rest of, uh, of, of the parkour highlight hotspot that is mm -hmm. Europe. So it's easy for the gymnastics to just go there and do it. Mm -hmm. But they have role models that are saying, guys, no, we just don't do this, it's stupid, it's wrong. And there's a lot of parkour people who are very, uh, in, in Brazil, who are very against it, and they are fighting. They Like yesterday, I had a call with one of them, and the okay. guy was being very serious, like, please, I really want to have a sports parkour league in, Port in, in Brazil, because um, this is, like, how we're going to get strong and big. What's going on? Oh, class. Uh-oh. Uh okay. Uh <coughs> So, um, so uh, but but you you think um, yeah if all the role models would stop then you believe that uh, no others like there's always those yes, exceptions yes, in every sure, country in every country you have 100% those sure. those 100%. guys take it take them take them take them it's take okay. them and you believe they would just stop doing their events at some point no they would just do a very because it already they is would do a shit version they would do a shit but version it already is it's already it is already a shit version which i still believe it, it can be even worse if guys like you stop going tk stop going it's it's gonna be even worse <laughs> i know but they will it's still david nelms why why david nelms going like you why are you going christian harman my friends look at the gene behind I you man you, you, you own this place <laughs> uh, <laughs> i fucking built a 40 meter course speed course in the gym or we did <laughs> <laughs> to train for the fig world cup fuck that come on man just in build the make you the fucking massive swiss parkour championship is gonna be so nice we we but will but not fig that we already one. did yours. yours we already did you yeah you it's have so much power for us it's definitely an endless 
Um, topic, yes, I but feel. wait, wait, wait. We need to go. We need to go to TikTok. If you, I give you two options, and you have to pick one really quick. You know how TikToks okay. are. You're very good at TikToks, Christian Harmon. I remember this. Okay, so convolt or rever reverse? Reverse. Backflip or front flip? Backflip. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. THC or CBD? CBD. <laughs> Parkour or free running? Parkour. Competing or performing? Performing. David Bell or Sebastian Vulcan? David Bell. Gymnastics or martial arts? Gymnastics. <laughs> Daniel Ilabaka or Oleg Borislav? Oleg Borislav. Come on, man. You're friends with Danny. He's like yeah. your bro. <laughs> I know. I love Danny. Um, I love Oleg as well. But uh, I think it's the rarity of what I miss seeing stuff from Oleg. Yeah, and that, I get you. that, yeah, that out of time is a product which is never going to go out of my mind. <laughs> and uh, Danny, I still expect Danny to do something similar to this. I hope you're here <laughs> to, this, to listen to this podcast, Danny. Um, yeah, that would be nice. If he still nice. uh, does one of these, puts one more nice. out. Okay, so uh, I hope to see you in uh, one month. Thank you very much for for joining and for the conversation. It's endless. And I hope to never see you again in an FIG event, my friend. Because <laughs> I love you and I know your power in the parkour community and everything you can do. And I know that you're better out of con out of friction when was, you're not there. To this, be was, this was very influential and, and full of... <laughs> Full of manipulating words here. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Hey, I, hey, bro, bro, you're getting some gray hair here. I just realized, oh yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What okay, about you? Nothing guy. yet? Nice. I have uh, just a few. Just a few. Just a so few. thank you for uh, inviting me, Luis Alkmeem. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you more than uh, just 15 minutes since uh, many, many years. Um, yes. I missed you for many <laughs> yeah. New Year's parties, but this year it won't be yes. the one i can feel yes. it i hope to see you too so i miss you too bro i hope to see you very soon and uh, yeah i keep you updated i'm not sure how long i will keep going to fig events i don't like to do promises <laughs> but um yeah it's at the moment still something uh, i consider doing but uh, who knows hey what's up adam and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> see you soon, Good to bro. see you. <laughs> Have a great day, guys, and uh, thanks for all the listeners <laughs> yeah. joining to Swapping Shoes. <laughs> see you, bro. Have a good one. Ciao, ciao. Well... I'm gonna go a little bit freestyle once again. This is that time of the podcast that I just like to say thank you for listening to all of it, for supporting, for being loyal friends, and for all of you who had uh, swapping shoes on your uh, rap, uh, you know, the Spotify rap thing. It's very, very nice and sweet of you um, because this year I didn't do a lot of swapping shoes. So it means a lot. Huh? Big loyalty. Or you don't listen to enough podcasts. Anyways. Um, yeah, you know, this, I, I have to apologize for maybe sometimes losing my manner or sometimes losing my patience because this conversation of FIG it already gets so much into my nerves. It always did, but right now it's something that it's so, so like visceral, you know. I feel so much uh, anger when people are trying to defend something that the only explanation for people to join is it's, it's shown to be clear and I heard histories of People like Christian Harmit that the main reasons why they go are egotistical and selfish because, and, and it is the reason no one is actually thinking that FIG is good for the sport. They know that it's a danger. They go because it's good for them individually and they still go for it. 
And if you see the profile of the people who are going to FIG events and you listen to what Christian Harmert is saying, you either have the guy who doesn't have a lot of space anymore in the main events and they go there uh, to get some more attention or you have the other guy who goes because he thinks it's okay because one of the old school guys like Christian, David Nelms, Jeremy Lustignol or... Um, you know, like all these people, they've already been, so it should be okay to go. And of course, you have like Sweden and Netherlands that some of these parkour gyms and academies there are pretty much gymnastics from day one. And yeah, so yeah, so this is my opinion. I hope you guys uh, have enjoyed and I want to hear yours. So please hit me up, text me, let me know what you think. Let me know who I should talk to. I want to talk to more people um, no FIG conversations, okay? So next episode, no no FIG conversations. Ah, and also I want to say sorry for my absence. I was out working for the last two months, quite busy, but living the dream. Can only say thank you for everything that is happening and in my life and for everyone who is part of this. I see you and I will come back with another podcast before the end of the year for sure, at least one or two. Talk to you soon. Okay for life.